The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Each business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Second Stage. It's Brendan Anderson and Jeff Cadlick. <laughs> hey, Brendan, you know, I love this time of year. You know why? Why? Because as a sports fan, the end of March, early April is the second best time of the year because you have March Madness kind of yeah. on, on the tail end. You've got the opening day, and then you also have the beginning of the Masters. Wow. You know what I like about this time of year? It's like you kind of come out of the summer doldrums where I literally felt like I was like, you know, we, we were kind of in that in that in the every day, just kind of, you know, kind of out there just doing what we do best. And then all of a sudden this kind of uh, this this fantasy land comes along where you've got spring break. You've got all you know people coming out from uh, their igloos here in Cleveland and uh, in the Midwest. And it's, uh, you know, all, now all of a sudden, you know, the, the, you wake up and the month of March is almost gone. And I guess, uh, holy moly, where did March go? Well, you meant winter doldrums. I know that for a fact. You're what just what still did del- I say? You said summer doldrums, and I know oh, you're a summer I guy. Know. So well, that's, I, had, that's- I had three Red Bulls on the drive back to Cleveland last night, so I'm uh, <laughs> I'm feeling. I got to tell you though, Jeff, I mentioned you know you and I are sugar free Red Bulls type of guys, but I've kind of got hooked on that uh, that cranberry stuff. That is tasty, tasty, tasty. I uh, and I've so, done it without vodka so far. So we're gonna do a brief, brief. Uh, uh, test with you, Brennan. Uh, okay. There's there's regular sugar Red Bull. There's sugar free wow. Red Bull. There's yeah. the the non non carb non sugar Red Bull. And then there's blueberry, cranberry, and lemon lime. Wh- which is your favorite? I, I think as of yesterday, it's officially the cranberry. Now, would any chance they make the sugar free cranberry? Because then I would be all over that. I mean, although I got to be honest with you, on the, on the drive back last night, as you know, I got back late last night. Uh, I uh, um, maybe the sugar had some play in the reason that I'm feeling so tired today because I'm a little kind of off the sugar high. But anyhow, some of Red Bull's competitors actually talk about that. That really, system. yeah. Oh, thank God yeah. I can't read. Thank Thank God I can't read or listen to anything. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, so I, I do, I do. Well, I want to thank everybody to this week's show. Um, we have another good show. As you recall, our last, our previous show was assessing your telecom needs with Tony Rehack of DCT Telecom. I thought that uh, Tony did a very good job of of simplifying. Uh, the technology needs for for small companies and the solution uh, was was hosted PBX in almost all scenarios. And I would uh, suggest people listen to that show because, again, uh, I thought Tony communicated very, very clearly. This week's show is really more about 
uh, office space and commercial lease negotiation. We thought that this was something that would be important to uh, uh, understand for a lot of, of, of small business owners. And Brendan, you know, we've had a very good experience moving into uh, our current office space, you know, for a lot of different reasons. And it was something that you actually had initially resisted. Yeah, I am, uh, as a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, a, a pretty cheap person, and uh, the concept of spending a lot of money or any money on you know over and above the bare minimums on on rent and and that sort of thing just didn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. And as you know, the first ten years, I kind of uh, did this. I largely worked out of my uh, my house or, uh, or you know or one of the manufacturing facilities that we had. And um, I will tell you that it really has let us uh, kind of build out a space that's. Uh, Kind of an image of our of ourselves and our and our core values, and and it really has become something I'm very proud of. And if you look back on it, the incremental cost is relatively is relatively smaller. One would argue it's been a it's been a pickup, depending upon how much value you put on those those first parts. Yeah, and and to call your your industrial office space office space was was too kind. Uh, the the time okay. that I was it had a noticed, phone. It had a phone. <laughs> Notice that dad. I never came back. Notice yeah. I never came back. I just went once. And I was like, oh my god. One of my favorite um, story. One of my favorite stories, Jeff, of when I was uh, talking to talking to an entrepreneur, and I took him out to the manufacturing facility, and uh, looking in in his face when I was when I was talking about how you, you got to get started, you got to get in business, you got to learn this stuff. You know, this stuff isn't isn't intuitive to a lot of pure entrepreneurs about how this game works. Uh, he looked at me and just said, "Oh my God, I could never come here and work." And so maybe maybe there is some value in a little nicer place, but uh, um, it's uh, I. Having said that, Jeff, we've seen some very successful people working out of facilities that uh, you wonder how they can, you know, with the amount of cash they're bringing in, how they can, uh, how they can mentally do it. But, uh, anyways, it's yeah, I'm sure I've, I've successfully talked in a circle there, Jeff. That's the way I work the best. <laughs> it's the Red Bull. That's one yeah, of the right. side. If you read the fine print at the bottom of the Red Bull, it says "talk in circles." Okay. Um, anyway, uh, so for for me. Moving into the space that we're into today was as much about credibility in the eyes of the entrepreneurs and investors as as anything. I think that we're probably in a way maybe more effective in the space because we built it out ourselves and the form and function that we wanted it. But from an investor and entrepreneur's perspective that wants to consider partnering with Evolution – you know, walking into the building, you know, taking the elevator up, walking down the hallway into our new lobby. It was about making them feel like they're being pulled up. And um, and then once they walk into our our office, we have all the Inc. 500, Inc. 5000 uh, awards. We've got all of our uh, – the articles that we've done where we've, uh, uh, you know – done interesting uh, uh, articles. We've got all of the the tombstones of the investments that we've been a part of, and I think it does a very good job of setting up for uh, at least making us seem more credible than possibly we actually are, but it, it's well, a good it – 
as you know, Jeff, when, when I when when we're blessed to have entrepreneurs come in and and, and visit the facility, and again, we're, uh, just for those people, please come and stop, swing by, and take a look. It's not, uh, you know, it's still a relatively small office, but you know, we, we we Jeff mentioned we kind of have our the the recognition for the growing companies, and then we have a, a hallway where we have a kind of a, a, a kind of a quick snapshot of the of the companies that we've invested in, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and you know what the lessons learned and so forth, and then we kind of immediately move towards our leading core. Value Value, which is transparency, and uh, you know, you pretty much can see in through all the offices. We write on, we literally have our business plans written on the glass and on the walls, and uh, um, and we you know we, we don't take them down for uh, you know f- uh, very often, um, and, and we revise them regularly. Hey Jeff, I don't know whether I told you or not, but I, I, I finished another book. Oh, you did? Yeah. And what is I that book? I, it was, I can't uh, keep up anymore. Yeah, it was the uh, Collins book, uh, Great by Choice, and I will tell you what. Every entrepreneur uh, with at least 20 employees needs to go out and, and, and quite frankly, any entrepreneur, but especially if you have more than 20 employees, you need to go out and read the book. It is absolutely wonderful. It, it does reinforce a lot of the things we're trying to do here. So it's a little self-serving, Jeff. But I, I got a question for you. In, in the companies that they studied, these companies that outperformed their own markets by tenfold. So you know, I beat everybody else in my market by tenfold, which is, I guess, you know, takes away a lot of things. How much do you think um, uh, big, bold moves, big, risky moves played in the, in the success of those companies? Probably very little. Very little. Can you believe that? How much do you think luck played in, in that? Uh, probably a lot. <laughs> um, well, here's what I mean by that. The harder yeah. I work, the luckier I get. It's funny you say that. In, in the chapter on luck, uh, uh, Jim Collins talks about um, – about the fact that, that people say that, but but luck isn't a play. What happens is that the hard work sets you up to take advantage of the luck, and he, he does a great job explaining that. How much how much does ambition? Just somebody that, that that just goes out there and just absolutely just you know works works out you know outworks everybody in the world. How much does that have to play in in, in the success? I would think that would be a lot. It's it's a table stake, but believe it or not, it's not. I mean, it's 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 the fact that they're they're committed and so forth. How much does a a vision, you know, just just really super creative visionary? How much does that play in in the success of a of a company, of a ten a ten x company? I think it's probably pretty high. Believe it or not, it's not. I mean, really? it's, yeah, it 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 it's it's all sets it up in 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 people that are that are that that that. That understand, um, you know, kind of where they're going. It's in about, you know, it's creating the team. And, 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 you know, one of my favorite things that these people tend to have is they have um, they have fanatic discipline. And but my, but Jeff, my, my my favorite one is that they're paranoid. That they're productively paranoid, and they because of that that they always position the company to take advantage of. This successful thing. So, anyways, I literally, I, I, I think that what we've done here at Evolution, not to always do a, a great Evolution commercial, but I just can't stop myself, Jeff. I just can't stop myself. Is that we've basically put the infrastructure, the process in place to let to let entrepreneurs a have a conservative balance sheet and, and b set up that that data driven productive paranoia. Uh, uh, infrastructure so that when the market turns, when when the time is right, that they can, uh, you know, sh- as uh, as Collins puts it, shoots bullets, shoot bullets, and then and then cannons to take advantage of the of the situation. Read the book; it's awesome. I'm going to read the book. Okay, I'm definitely going to read the or book. Or in my case, just listen to the book and tell everybody you read it. <laughs> 
Well, it's all about being efficient with your your time. Uh, let's circle back to this week, and we you finished talking about you know our space and how we really uh, made it into you know matched it to the culture of our organization and to help simplify all the things that you need to know about. Um, office space and commercial lease negotiation. We've uh, asked uh, Andrew Coleman, uh, Senior Vice President Jones Lang LaSalle to to walk us through this. Uh, Andrew, as you would expect, has uh, done quite a bit in the uh, commercial real estate market, you know, has, you know, tens of millions of dollars of uh, square feet of transaction under his belt, done over, uh, I think, 250 uh, different sale or lease transactions. Uh, worked with Fortune 500 companies as well as small companies, including Little Evolution Capital Partners. But uh, you know he is an expert in the field, and uh, you know we we've got uh, a lot that we want to talk to him about in the next couple segments. Uh, but before we take a break from the first segment, I do want to, as always, thank our sponsor, McGladry LLP, who is a leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. With that, we're going to sign off the first segment here of the second stage. We'll be back with our guest, Andrew Coleman, after the break. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of, a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. The way we do banking today continues to evolve. No longer is it just brick and mortar locations or traditional bankers' hours. Today, banking is 24 7. It's in the home, it's on the go, it's digital. Tune in to Breaking Banks with Brett King for a look at how traditional banking as we know it has changed due to a loss of trust, changing economic conditions and consumer behavior, government involvement, and of course, technology. What does it all mean? Listen every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. 
Welcome back to the second stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my tag team partner. Like any forum, this show will be more effective and powerful if folks contribute their experiences and ideas, and we invite you to continue the discussion from each week's show on our blog, which can be found at evolutioncp.com, or you can email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Uh, our show this week uh, is – I lost my piece of paper here is office space and commercial lease negotiation and our guest is andrew coleman senior vice president at jones lang lasalle andrew welcome to the show thanks guys appreciate having me and and, and also thank thank you for this space we uh we uh, as you may have heard in the in the, in the warm-up we uh uh, didn't weren't necessarily united in the in the in the in the thought of looking around, but it has really worked out wonderfully. It's a it's a wonderful space. And, I think and, sometimes uh, it can be transformative. You know, it has it has a way. I think of empowering a business and providing a platform for accelerated growth. So I'm glad you guys are getting good use out of it, and it's proven very beneficial. And, and I think, and, I'll, and I'm going to pound the table on one more point, Jeff. Is it just I, I, I think it's important to realize that it wasn't a massive incremental cost increase, too, because I think a lot of entrepreneurs are picturing that we're, you know, we were spending a fortune here, and it, we're just we're, we, we're not. So, right, Go and, ahead, there's, and there's yeah, and there's ways that you know your your representative can protect you and can leverage the marketplace to get you uh, a, be, a better deal or uh, a deal that would keep you on a similar path to what a previous space would have been, at, and at the same time accelerating your business. So. All about hiring the right person to help you out with that. I, I wonder how much time how much time you spend as kind of a, a marriage counselor, if you will, uh, <laughs> trying to, to keep it t- together through this transition. Yeah, I mean, it, you play off a couple different things, and you know, you, you, when you start to look at your workplace and and how you should change that and what the top drivers are, you know, you there's four things. You know, you kind of look to to reduce cost or monitor cost. You're looking to engage your employees and you're looking to attain and attract talent. And there's always the debate of where, you know, where you're using your space and where it's best allocated. And so, you know, one of the first things you got to do is build consensus, right? You got to understand what the drivers are and you really got to come together and unite your whole office and find out how everyone uses the space and what the future of that will be. So you really need to build consensus internally. Um, before you even start the process. So one of the most important things I always try to do before I get too far ahead in the process is understanding what your needs are and getting everybody together on a table because Brendan might have a different opinion from Jeff as to what you guys are looking for. And so that's really a crucial first step is discussing with all the stakeholders as to what you guys want in the future. Andrew, what happens, like, you know, in our case where, uh, you know, the people just – whether they one person hasn't taken the time to fully understand what's there, and 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 but you know one person's driving it, or or, or quite frankly both partners have no idea, or you know the, the management team has no idea really what they want. You know, in in that case, um, we try to then sort of lead the discussion, and usually that begins, in my opinion, with thought leadership. So providing some case studies, examples of uh, other projects you've worked on. And keeping your client uh, and, and all parties informed of what the market's doing, because a lot of where you end up and, and where we uh, where we maneuver and, and how we negotiate between maybe your current location or a future office location is going to be demanded or dependent upon what the market does, whether that be you know a micro uh, scale, whether it be the the small suburban market that you're in, or maybe a a, a larger scale um, if you're talking about a, a larger regional you know, market search that you're looking for your offices. So I try to really be a, 
you know, at the forefront of that discussion, pushing, you know, pushing the discussion, pushing the dialogue with the client so they know everything that's going on, both in the marketplace uh, as a whole, but also within their sort of small microcosm of where they're looking for their office. Hey, Andrew, how, how early – I'm sorry, Jeff. Um, how, how early would you get involved? It's, it's funny. When I hear you talk, I'm thinking about the companies we invest in that are thinking about doing something in California and thinking about doing something in, you know, in the southeast or you know, where it's still in a conceptual stage. But, it's, but it's, you know, that's the plan. I'm just curious how early, how early companies should consider talking to somebody like you. Now, <laughs> I, 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 really, I really don't put a time frame on it. I think if you're – if you want to look at it like, okay, we have a lease expiration that ends at the end of this year, you want to get in front of it now. I think the more you wait and the more you ponder and the more you just, just are, are uncertain, the, the less leverage you're going to have and, and the more um, apt to make a bad decision you will be um, because you need to be out in front of this to not only leverage market opportunities but to um, understand your opportunities because mm, – you know, growth or downsizing or expansion or whatever might be the dynamic within your office doesn't occur at a given date at your lease expiration, right? I mean, things come up throughout the term of a business's life that occur randomly, uh, sponta- you know, spontaneously. Just uh, that it's not going to occur based on a lease expiration. So, what I like to tell people is, you need to constantly be evaluating your office space, constantly be evaluating how you are as a company, so you can kind of maneuver at will and have all the opportunities at your hand. Mm-hmm. So, so when you're, you're meeting with the client for the first time and let's say that they have, you know, engaged their employees, you know, they have built some consensus and so on and so forth. What are, what are the things that you're trying to determine, you know, early on in the conversation to guide your efforts into, to your next steps? Uh, we, it's, it's, a, it's a loaded term, but a needs analysis is probably the first. Is Once we've built consensus uh, with the team, we try to then understand how you program out as a company. You know, are, are your folks in cubes? Are you guys in office? Do you utilize office meeting space, conferencing space? You know, how that is important to you because based on how you guys lay out and function as a company, that, that sort of exponentially will impact how much square footage you lease, which then ultimately impacts what you will then spend, right? So... For me, I try to get from the very get-go, once consensus is built around, hey, we need to move, this is the, the geographic location uh, we need to focus in on, the very next step is to try to understand how you guys operate as a business because Evolution Capital Partners does not operate like XYZ manufacturing company that doesn't operate like uh, a call center. So every company is different. And so what I like to do is get a needs analysis done once consensus is built. And, you know, one of those, you know, important steps is either meeting with an architect or, you know, meeting individually with myself and every stakeholder of the company to define how you guys operate within a space. So to yeah, me, that, that's that, number one. That's pretty interesting because you really would have to understand the culture of an organization. So if you've got a mm-hmm. business that does a lot of, um, you know, team meetings and so on and so forth, they've got to have a kind of a central location where everybody meets, whereas maybe a call center, you know, it, you don't have a lot of that sort of stuff and you're, you're sitting in cubes. And, and so it's certainly going to change the configuration on a needs basis of your, of your office. 
Yeah, you know, Andrew, that, Andrew, yeah, Andrew, sorry, just Brandon, to yeah. jump on that for just to jump on that for a second, I was thinking we, you know, Jeff's office has those wonderful windows. We should have made that the conference room and put Jeff's <laughs> office in the conference room with no windows. I'm just saying I, that would have been a in hindsight, right, Jeff? That you might have been, been the only stakeholder at that and needs analysis, <laughs> uh, you know, portion of the process. I'm sorry, I'm sorry for interrupting, Jeff. What was your question again? <laughs> <laughs> No, I, but I think it starts there. Every company has different needs, um, you know, and, and that will also drive where you want to locate, what type of building is best suited for you, and as well will dictate your budget because, you know, if you need a space that's just wide open with cubes with very limited office walls and an office environment, naturally the build-out of that space is going to be cheaper, and therefore you're going to have a more sort of effective or cheaper rental rate or monthly cost. So. How you operate within the space also will define what your budget and what your financial obligations will be down the road. Hmm. You know, so that, that's something to consider, too. And it's, t- it's, it's where the workforce and the workplace is going. You've seen a lot of the studies out today that show um, you know, 30% more efficient uh, workplaces, meaning that people are not in the office five days a week. You know, they're not, they're not going to be in a hard-walled environment in big offices anymore. You know, they're going to be hoteling, meaning you're going to have a station or a cube set up where if you're only in the office twice a week, you can just throw your stuff down and plug in for a couple hours, and then maybe you got to go on a business trip. So why do you need a dedicated office? You know, you can have a small huddle room or a small conference room if you need privacy or if you need to have that conference call. So the trends are moving to more of a, an open plan, less hardwall offices, more, you know, more engagement and more kind of conversation amongst your employees as a result. Andrew, maybe talk about briefly, you know, you know, if you're leasing and you're renewing versus a new lease or, or you know, uh, maybe kind of the, the benefits of, of staying in a current spot and kind of the, the landlord's mentality. Yeah, you're, you're captive in your current location. So, you know, that provides some positive and negatives for you. Um, you know, at, at, at the same juncture, um, it provides opportunity. Um, if you're going to stay and renew with your landlord, there's a couple positives. One, all the improvement dollars that they've built out in your space have burned, have burned off. And therefore, you're probably not going to require as big a build-out going forward and renewing, right? You're going to need maybe paint, carpet, refresh a few things. So therefore, they're most likely going to get more aggressive on your renewal than they would should you be moving into the building because they don't have all those you know, costs built in. Um, at the same point, you might find a competitive building down the street that's maybe equally as nice with amenities and a similar layout that's maybe just had a space on the market for a little bit too long, and he's aggressively looking to market that space and get somebody in the space um, who would maybe pay for your build-out expenses and costs so that it might mirror you know, what your renewal deal might be at, at your current location. However, one thing you've got to take into consideration is if you're moving, you're going to have to do all new IT and data, you know, all new cabling to get in the space. Um, more than likely, you know, you're going to have to pay a commercial mover to move you. So there's a lot of these larger costs associated with moving, like logistically moving, um, that come into play. And, you know, like your current situation, we were able to leverage a, uh, a landlord to provide you some free rent to offset those costs. So, um, you know, again, getting out in front of your lease before it expires is important because if you're three months out and you go to your landlord trying to renew, you know, he, he's holding all the cards because right. there's no way you're going to be able to get through this process of evaluating opportunities, sending out proposals, doing your needs analysis, understanding the financial impact of a relocation in three months' time. So, you know, you, again, motivation, Brendan, to just 
get out in front of it as soon as you can and to start thinking about this, you know, almost on a weekly, monthly basis rather than a, hey, I'm six months out from my lease. Maybe I should start thinking about this. You know, you want to be constantly thinking about it. And I suspect the, the the other part of that is true where if you sign a seven-year lease and that's, you know, you're, you're starting to think ahead and, and hiring a person like you, you may come to us and say, my God, the leases, the, the rates have soared. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know you, you may not be holding any of the cards or, you know, or whatever. Um, I yeah. suspect it's really, really getting to know the market. Yeah. And you don't really, again, so many people think about like, well, my lease doesn't expire. So why should I, why do I need to be thinking about it? Well, to your point, Brendan, if rates... Not in Cleveland, <laughs> but like if you're talking like a Hong Kong or a London or a New York where you have rates that are accelerating five, ten cents, or you know five, ten, let's say five or ten percent per year, you can negotiate early. You know, there's there's no reason to say you can't talk to your landlord until you have a lease expiration coming up. So if rates are skyrocketing, why not call your landlord and say, hey, we'll sign on for another two years of term if you give me a few months of free rent and some you know minor paint and carpet allowance but hold my rate firm for those two, three years to protect yourself against that rent growth. So, again, you want to constantly be, you know, I don't know, actionary, not reactionary. So, you know, it's interesting, Jeff, just, just as you think this through and think about all the, you know, the annual plans or the quarterly plans we do, it's it's almost like another another item we've got to make sure that our teams are looking at is, you know, their facilities management plan. And, and, I, and I know we want to talk about, and maybe, Jeff, when we get back from the break, we talk about, uh, you know, what what we what we want and thinking about what we what we would expect our facilities to do for the company and the images and that sort of thing. Yeah, sure. And I think that this is a good point for a break here. Uh, and uh, when we come back with our guest, Andrew Coleman, Senior Vice President of Jones Lang LaSalle, we will have uh, more to talk about on, on that topic. Thanks for tuning into the second stage. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of, a team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance Tax Consulting. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. 
To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is our show, but it is a forum, so we're looking for some input from you so we can benefit from everyone's experiences. We are here with our guest, Andrew G. Coleman, Senior Vice President of Jones Lang LaSalle. And uh, uh, Andrew, in preparation for this show, uh, Brent and I, uh, along with Barbara Hernandez, our wonderful, wonderful producer, <laughs> spent some time on your blog, the www.JonesLangLaSalleBlog.com. There's a lot of great information on there, and I would encourage our listeners to go there uh, to continue to educate themselves about topics that we're discussing on, on today's show. Um, in this segment, uh, folks, I thought that that uh, we could uh, walk everyone through what what you could call a step-by-step guide for your next office renegotiation or relocation and use this as your template, you know, to, to move forward. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. We, uh, about a year ago, we made a conscious effort to start a blog called spaces. So if you go to joneslinelestyleblog.com backslash spaces, you'll come upon a, uh, a host of different articles, posts that market leaders throughout the Great Lakes region of JLL, have come to the table to provide, and they range from, you know, renegotiating your office uh, lease to relocations to uh, project management to uh, facilities management. So one of the articles that um, I forwarded on Jeff and Brennan dealt with um, evaluating your next move and evaluating what sort of steps you need to take um, to start that process. And really, we put them into about six different points. And the first is this start early and stay abreast of the market. So as I was sort of harping on Brendan earlier was there's there's no time like the present to think about what you're going to do with your office space move. It shouldn't be driven by your lease expiration or it shouldn't be driven by when you've all of a sudden grown out of space. It should be a, uh, a quarterly occurrence in my mind that you take a look at your office environment, you take a look at your lease situation, and you, you, you might engage a, a broker to help you with that. So Start early and stay abreast of the market is really the number one. Be proactive rather than reactive. The last thing you want to do is sort of be behind the eight ball and negotiating with your landlord or trying to get out to the market to find yourself some suitable space. And you want to take advantage of, of some of those openings or opportunities. When you when you first start planning, Andrew, I, I assume you know it. It really is. Uh, there's there's probably a process and just and just you know figuring out you know what what's available, figure, figuring out what you need. And I assume that that's that's you, you start by just talking to people and conducting you know I guess interviews and and so forth. I mean, maybe talk about where else would you go for for that sort of um, resources? You know, we uh, we not only rely on. Um, market intelligence that, you know, within our firm we share with one another. You know, it might be um, understanding a recent deal comp, you know, a recent deal that somebody made at a particular particular building or a space that was recently vacated. In addition to that market knowledge that we have, just generally being out in the market networking, um, we also use a couple different commercial, uh, let's call them commercial MLS systems um, that have databases of available properties, available spaces, and uh, search criteria that you can kind of run down. And I'd, I'd advise, you know, your, your folks listening on the call today to, 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 to Google CoStar. Uh, that's C-O-S-T-A-R, CoStar. 
So if you Google CoStar, they're one of the major commercial MLS systems. And within CoStar, we can really search down to, you know, based on square footage, based on location, based on SIC code. I mean, we could really drill it down to a very minute search criteria. So it usually starts with market knowledge, understanding what's going on in your given marketplace. And it also starts with going through these commercial MLS systems to really narrow down what spaces are available for the client. When, when you've kind of you, you've got you've got a pretty good idea, or you know, kind of that base understanding, um, you, you've you've obviously kind of uh, you've you've analyzed your current your you know your current s- structure, the timelines, that sort of thing. Um, I assume that there's a there's a big part about you, obviously, and I guess from knowing where the company's headed and vision and so forth. I suspect next it's it's a it's a sitting down trying to figure out what you can afford, and I suspect that's not as easy as you would think. I mean, as I think about you know comparing our last lease to the lease that we're in now, just the, the differences of things that were included, not included. Maybe talk just briefly about you know you know kind of some things when you're when you're creating a budget, the things that you need to consider uh, that you know that might be different from one opportunity to the next? Yeah, good question, because there, there is a lot that goes in. You know, you, you might say, well, all that I'm really concerned about is what they're going to charge me per month. Well, as part of that cost, there's a lot of other, um, you know, different tranches within, um, within a commercial office lease. You know, you're going to pay your base rent. You look at that. You look at where you're going to be paying in utilities. Some, some buildings do it much differently. Some might just charge you for the electricity you use within your space. So what you're plugging your laptop into or what you're switching on a light for. Some buildings might charge you for the heat or the electricity to heat or cool your space. <clears throat> so utilities is one thing, too, you want to look at. Uh, in addition to that, you want to look at operating expenses. Some buildings pass through their operating expenses onto you so that if a building is really inefficient and poorly managed, those increases in operating expenses can compound year after year after year. So it's important in looking at not just what they're going to charge you per square foot, but find out, are they going to charge you utilities? Are they going to be charging you operating expenses? Are they going to be charging you, you know, to turn on your lights? Uh, you know, you want to look at more than just base rent. So to answer your question, there's a, there's a number of different things you want to ask and be educated about beyond just what's the per square foot number I'm, I'm going to be paying. So, so what you're saying, Andrew, is is that you really want to look at the total comprehensive cost of owning or leasing that space. And if that is the case, is there? I mean, you you, you go back to the original budget that you discussed with your client, or are there certain rules of thumb that you look for? Explain how you try to manage that negotiation. You know, we, we do it in, in being very uh, open book and providing a, a financial analysis uh, that really mirrors our proposal comparison. So to take a step back, you, you, you get out of the marketplace. You've hired a representative to work with you. you you're, you're most likely going to look at your renewal, your renewal option. In addition to your renewal option, you're going to probably find two or three buildings that you're going to shortlist that you might take a look at in, in, in seeking out a, a new lease. What we'll do is we'll send them all proposals. Typically, it'll be a request for proposal or an RFP. So you'll tell the landlord, these are the 10, 15 items that I want you to respond to. And Mr. Landlord, I want you to be as detailed as you can. When those points come back to us, in addition to kind of giving you an outline of, hey, this is all the proposals and here's how they compare based on their verbiage, we also kind of consume that data 
So if one landlord's telling you he's, caught, he's going to charge you 15 bucks a foot, one's going to charge you utilities, one's going to not charge you utilities, we, we try to put all that together in one simple financial tool that really, so you can look at it apples to apples. You can look at it, you know, on a similar basis, uh, you know, on a financial comparison. So we really try to extract all that data from the proposals, put it into a financial analysis so you can look at it clearly and understand what the differences are between each option, including your renewal option, if you guys are looking to stay put. Andrew, it's, it's funny. I one of the there's there's a, there's other weird things that have kind of come into play as we've made the move to this building. Um, you know, Evolution used to have a decent budget for um, our annual meetings, for offsites, and for things like that. And the the kind of benefit of of that we I guess never really priced into our new lease was the fact that we were able to use the meeting facilities downstairs, which are just, you know, as you know, wonderful. Yep. And if they're not, and if they're not being used, they were free of charge. So that was, you know, that, that, that sort of thing. Plus, you know, there is a, you know, the workout facility does save some of the employees some time and um, a lot of time and money. And then obviously uh, there's, you know, there's weird little things like the, you know, the, the food uh, downstairs is something we didn't have before. And it's amazing the time saving and the staff meetings or lunches that we can have that are just uh, much more efficient and, um, and focused because uh, because we've got that stuff in the building. Yeah, you know, you know, but, and, yeah sorry. sorry, another big consideration there was the parking spaces. That's, you know, the, that's for the prima donna Cadillac. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's for the. It was came in handy this winter. I'll tell you. Oh, that. it did. It did big time. I noticed. I didn't. I was happy to park in my spot. Yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a. Uh, it's another reason to bring a, a you know a, an educated representative on board to help you out with your move because you know a landlord's not going to willingly give Jeff Brendan you know indoor heated parking spots you know he's going to try to charge you for those or he's not going to give you a, a large allocation of those spaces <clears throat> or they might not give you access to certain amenities in the building that um, you would otherwise have to pay for and you know your, your earlier point on conferencing space is a good one because. I think less and less people are trying to integrate conferencing space in their office because if the building offers it, why pay the overhead? If you're, if you're using your conference room once a week, why pay the 800, 1,000 square feet to have it within your space when you can have the landlord pay the overhead for it and you just you either rent it out or you, if it's free, use it free once a week. So it gets back to this whole workplace you know, change that we're seeing in the marketplace that people are trying to be a little more efficient in how they use their space. And one of the very good ways to reduce your costs are to use building amenities to uh, in lieu of in lieu of having them in your space. So why why do you need a big kitchen when you've got a you know a really nice uh, you know amenity like a food service operator within your building? So it gets down to you know being more efficient with your space and understanding your costs and trying to push those back on the landlord. You know, it's it's been very nice and uh, quite a uh, fantasy football draft headquarters too. I mean, yeah, it's been uh, it's been absolutely wonderful, um, and and uh, no, it, it's it's been great. I uh, when um, when when people are and this is just a question I have. I know it's off script, but when, when people expand, small companies expand to other other locations, other geographies, and you know they're going to start off with two or three or four people, um, and the, but obviously plan to grow. How how are people tackling that? Are they are they they just maybe give me a little bit of a, of, of thoughts here because that's obviously something we consider a lot in in our in our portfolio partners. And I, I think I'm, I think a lot of those folks try to take that on themselves. You know, they they think, well, I'm too small. Um, I'll just manage this myself. Well, to me, that takes away from your your day to day responsibilities. And if 
you'd hire a professional that can kind of take that um, task away from you and would um, alleviate that um, responsibility, I think it frees you up to do what you do best, you know, whatever that might be. And so, you know, when you're looking at different geographies, you're looking at expanding or you're looking at opening an office, one thing I always try to recommend to people is look at executive office spaces. So if you only have two or three employees, but maybe you'll grow, maybe you won't, look at executive office options. Um, I'll I'll plug uh, HQ Regis, HQ Regis, R-E-G-U-S. They are a international executive office company. Just in the Cleveland market, they've got four or five different office locations in downtown, east side, west, south, and they have executive office spaces where you can rent a room with two cubes or an office with uh, four or five cubes. And then they centralize everything else. They have a centralized kitchenette, centralized receptionist, centralized conference room. And you can do it on a month-to-month basis, a short-term basis. Because the hardest thing you'll find is a new business opening an office. Landlords want, you know, three-year commitments, five-year commitments. And that's a, I would imagine, guys, that, that's, a lot to, that's a lot to take on as a, either a new forming entrepreneurial company or a startup, right? You know, you don't know where you're going to be in three years. Um, you might be at 50 employees or you might be, you know, out of the market in a different geography. So I always like to tell people, if you're uncertain about future growth, uh, expansion and geography, you know, locate a broker, you know, hire, you know, hire myself, uh, you know, bring, bring me on board and, and look at maybe executive office options versus a, um, a direct deal with a building owner because you're going to have a lot more flexibility looking at executive, executive office spaces. I think that that is great advice, advocating kind of an incremental step before you really yeah. have to commit with a long-term lease. Uh, unfortunately, Andrew, we're out of time, and uh, we appreciate your insights. This is uh, another one of those topics where you could probably spend a whole other show talking uh, in more detail about uh, the considerations uh, that you have to you know, give to to this kind of uh, this kind of move, and it is a big move, as as you were pointing out. Um, but we want to thank you for being on the show, and uh, maybe we'll have to have you back again, and we'll cover a little bit more of this topic. Yeah, please do. And again, follow our Jones Lang LaSalle blog at Spaces or myself, AG Coleman, on my Twitter handle, and uh, you know, look forward to being on the show again. Thanks so much, guys. Oh, Thank you're, you. You're, you're welcome. And with that, we're going to pause for a short break uh, from our show, The Second Stage, and we'll be back uh, to with our concluding thoughts about uh, today's topics. Thanks for tuning in to The Second Stage. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. This is Davis Love III, Ryder Cup captain and Team McGladry member. McGladry is about building relationships. That's the kind of team I want to be a part of. A team that builds deep understanding of each client's vision and unique way of doing business. The same attributes I look for and the partners I choose. It's this understanding that enables you and me to make confident decisions. When you trust the advice you're getting, you know your next move is the right move. This is the power of being understood. This is McGladry. Assurance. Tax. Consulting. If you want to know about investing in emerging and frontier markets, or if you have experience in this field but still need to know more, 
Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham. Gavin explores news, current trends, and insights about both categories of investing. His guest experts, along with his own knowledge, will help you stay above the line when it comes to growth potential, whether in funds or equities. He will look at what to invest in and avoid. Tune in to Emerging and Frontier Markets Investing with Gavin Graham every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. Uh, thanks for tuning in to this show about small business best practices. Uh, we just finished our conversation with Andrew Coleman, Senior Vice President at Jones Lang LaSalle, and uh, you know he had offered there at the end to contact him directly, which I thought was great. We found him to be a very valuable resource, and we also talked a little bit about their blog, which can be found at www.joneslanglasalleblog.com backslash spaces, and then they've got a variety of different topics there that uh, will help prepare you for um, you know this this uh, activity and uh, certainly encourage you uh, to use a broker it, it was something that um, can be uh, an, an overwhelming process and keep you from doing what your core competency is which is running your business and I thought Brendan one of the interesting points that that uh, Andrew brought up early on was you know he really has to have a very solid understanding of your culture your prospects for your business, you know, workflow, uh, and, and so on and so forth. If he's going to find you or match you with the, the ideal space. Yeah. And I, and I think it's, I think it's that, and, and, and obviously a very important piece. And I also think that, that, you know, there are times in a company that wants to, that wants to, you know, kind of give it, give its, uh, energy a shot, give its, uh, you know, kind of refocus on, on where you're headed. It, it sure did that for us. I think about when, when we decided that we were going to really address this market and take over, uh, and try to become the leader in this, uh, in the kind of second stage world that, that it, it really kind of helped us, you know, jettison us forward. And so I think it really is about the, the culture of the business and, in the, in, in, and helps kind of the employees see where we're headed or where you're headed. It's uh, it's 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 been made a bigger impact than I thought it was going to ever thought it was going to for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so he enumerated those those points very early on as business owners think about undertaking this process, which is 
it affords you the opportunity to reduce or monitor your your costs of of your your space. It gives you an opportunity to engage with your employees to allow them the the opportunity uh, to give their input and and build consensus. Uh, number three was really attracting talent. I mean. Um, I don't know that our space here would – I probably would. We've got a nice space here. We've got an outdoor private patio, uh, great location, and as you pointed out, a lot of wonderful amenities uh, within the building. And then really trying to uh, think about reconfiguring your, your space use, uh, how you – you know, what, what is the ideal – uh, layout for you to execute on on your business's uh, mission. So, uh, again, I thought that it was um, uh, you know very very useful information. You know, Jeff, to me, to me, most of our shows, and, and I, I don't want to give away the theme of a lot of them, but here goes. Uh, it really is about how, what's a really efficient, cost-effective way to become very informed for your decisions. And if you think about what Andrew or people like him do, is they is they have a, a wealth of knowledge in a in this space and what the market should suggest, what you can ask for, what you shouldn't, you know, what you may not be able to ask for. And it really, it takes that off of your plate. And if you think about what it would have taken for you or I to learn this market for that period of time that we were looking around, it just is not an economical use of time. And, um, and I know that we get into dis- active discussions with other entrepreneurs about whether that, you know, whether that this is a good use of time or bad use of time. And I just, uh, it just it just makes too much sense if uh, if you can be if you have a if there's one or two things that you can really do to drive your business go spend your time doing that and let experts like Andrew um, tackle this other stuff because it's they know it they don't have to invest uh, the time that we would yeah and one of the blogs that he has they they list out a number of things obviously brokers have the expertise in the market uh, you, you know the, it's weird how these folks seem to know every tenant of every building and what they yeah, what I know. square foot lease is I know. like on 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 recall and obviously they have access to better information than you're going to get. Uh you know, it allows you to save time as you're pointing out. You're gonna have um uh, an opportunity to continue to run your business after you've given you know your partner broker, somebody like Andrew, your your um your guidelines, if you will, I think it does you know, save you money. I think most people don't realize that the fees that are paid to these brokers are actually generally paid by the landlord as opposed to uh, by, by the tenant. Um, and, and as you talked about earlier about this expansion process, and, and I think uh, Andrew had advocated an incremental step, um, you know, they, they – they understand multiple markets. So if you were going to expand into three other cities, uh, they can handle all of that without you having to get on a plane and fly around and ask a lot of questions and figure out where the good space locations are, you know, so on and so forth. So I think there's a lot of great reasons to use, use a broker in this situation. It, it makes me smile about how many times, Jeff, that we have considered expanding into other cities and we literally have our CEOs out there looking, you know, ask, asking around for space and, or for 
or for whatever resources. And I, and it makes me smile that we, you know, we make those mistakes also. So right. uh, I, I do want to reiterate two quick resources that I wrote down that, that Andrew mentioned. One was if you're looking to do diligence on an area, it was CoStar. Uh, and I think, I assume it was CoStar.com. And the other one was uh, Regis, HQRegis.com. Just thought I'd throw those out there again for yeah. if you're looking for some, you know, to get into a city with, uh, with two or three or four employees. Well, I'm going to give you a second to think about uh, your your passion for possibilities this week. I'm not sure if you're you're ready or not. Uh, I'm ready to go. I, I'm ready to go. Are you really? All right. Well, yeah. before you go there, I want to remind everybody the show uh, is on every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, and we try to dive into topics that we think would be interesting to small business owners, and uh, we try to give you actionable steps and, and encourage you to get started. Uh, and with that wind-up, Brendan, let's hear what you got. I think we, you know, as all small businesses and all the things that we love to talk about, Jeff, is you got to have a process, but now we got to have an office, an office process. <laughs> Okay. All right. You buy now? Yeah. Office process. So I, I, uh, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm buying that. I'm buying that. So uh, we want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. We hope that you've got some good uh, takeaways and action items. You know, thanks again. And remember to continue the conversation on our blog at evolutioncp.com or send direct questions to the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Think about what your organization can be and always remember to have passion for possibilities. Thanks for tuning into the second stage. And uh, look forward to uh, uh, communing again uh, next Monday. Thanks for tuning in to Second Stage. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Second Stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.